Hey guys, we'll be getting to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's going to podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys find the podcast on YouTube or anywhere else you get your podcast. We're just so thankful that you guys are here and that you guys are with us today. Remember, um, we want to thank you guys so much for everything that you guys are doing for us and uh, just supporting the podcast. We're just so appreciative of everything you're doing and we ask for your continued support and help. Remember, underneath uh, the YouTube links um, underneath the Spotify links in the show notes. Uh, it'll link you back to the YouTube page where you'll see short films, you'll see Bible readings, you'll see shorts. There's so many other things that we're trying to build under this umbrella. So definitely go check that out and let us know what you guys think um, as we continue to build here uh, at the podcast. So today's podcast is special. Um, today's podcast is actually a request. And Obviously, we've had a, a lot of requests throughout the years, and I'm thankful for you guys' interaction with us as we kind of study together, um, which makes this so much fun uh, for me to know that there's people listening and, you know, want to talk about how to get through certain things or maybe how to improve or um, even just how to trust God a little bit more. So um, today's topic is a request, and we're essentially going to title this podcast, I'm Tired of Sinning. I'm tired of sinning. Now, let's 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 start it off this way. Have you ever um have you ever tried to reach a reach a goal or you ever try to do something um that you've always wanted to achieve and on the road to achieve that goal, right? As you're walking that road, as you're building, as you're working towards these things, you have a couple days in succession where building's great everything's working the ideas are flowing the creativity is there the energy is there the desire the drive all that stuff is there for a consecutive amount of time so whether that's a day whether that's 10 days whether that's a month whether that's two or three months right and that feels great and you know it's a special feeling when you're trying to achieve something or when you're trying to build something and you actually have the energy and the motivation and the drive to build whatever you're building, right? So that's great. But then what happens on that fourth month or on that 11th day or on that next week where that motivation, the drive, it's it's all gone? And not only is it gone, you're starting to question what you've done the previous, the previous months and weeks and days. So then you have those days where you're just like, it gets so low that you get to the valley and you're like, what's the point? If you ever if you ever gotten to the point where you ask yourself the question, what's the point? You get what I'm saying. So what can happen is you feel like, what's the point of this? I mean, and in your mind, you almost have a feeling of, you know what, failure and me failing specifically, put your name there, it's inevitable. So since I know I'm going to fail, why try to give the effort not to fail when I know I'm going to fail, right? So then you ask, well, what's the point? You know, the same concept as we build things here, and even as you try to help and build yourself, the same concept exists with sin. We know that we are dust, right? As the Psalm says, we know, it, Genesis says that as well, right? We know that all we are is just but dust, right? From dust to dust, we know that Christ has has defeated death, right? Christ has defeated death. We understand that, but we also understand that we are human, 
And we also understand that we fall short. All have fallen short of the glory of God, right, according to the book of Romans. So since we've all fallen short of the glory of God, and we know that we're going to fall short of the glory of God, maybe not intentionally or even intentionally, we feel like, well, what's the point? If I know I'm going to struggle, if I know I'm going to fail, if I know I'm going to sin, why try to give the discipline not to do this when I know this is going to happen? So what's the point? So that's that's where we're coming from, and I hope that this can uh, be a source of comfort and encouragement um, to the person that suggested this, but also to someone else who probably feels the same way too, right? So I'm just tired of this, right? I'm just tired of sinning. Now, I know we've talked about this in a different context before, but I want to bring this up in this context, and I think it's going to make sense. So if you're, if you're at the gym, if you're walking, if you're in the car, if you're doing whatever that you're doing, listen to this, but check this out for yourself, as we always like to say. But if you're kind of sitting at the table or whatever you're doing right now, if you have your Bible open, look at this for yourself to see where we're trying to come from here. So Luke chapter 24, let's, let's go there. Let's hop there. <coughs> Luke chapter 24, and we're going to begin in like verse 13. Now, quick backstory. Jesus at this point, Jesus had already died. Now, remember how Jesus was, he was essentially among the disciples and among his followers. Jesus told them that he was the Messiah. Jesus told them that he was the son of God. Jesus told them that he came to seek and save the lost, right? And so his name had been so hyped up, right? And remember what were they expecting? The people, the disciples, they were expecting a physical king. So when Jesus is on the cross and Jesus dies, everything that Jesus has says up to that point in the Gospels, how do you think these people are feeling right now? Understanding that Jesus is dead. Also not understanding at this point that Jesus is going to resurrect. Man, we hoped in this man for three years. We had three good years of hope. We had three good years of believing in a Messiah. We had three good years of seeing miracles. We had three good years of him changing everybody's life. But now, after three, after three years, our hope is gone. So essentially, what could some of the disciples have thought at this time? And when I mean disciples, I mean obviously the 12, but disciples in general. What could they have thought? What's the point of this? What's the point of hoping anymore when the only hope that we had is dead? So now we look at this and now we find ourselves in verse 13 of Luke chapter 24. And then you have two of these disciples that we're talking about walking down the road to Emmaus. Verse 13, behold, two of them that went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which from Jerusalem was about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things that have happened, right? What's all these things that have happened? Jesus dying the great things that Jesus had did had done. Now Jesus is gone. They're talking about these things as they're walking down the road. And it came to pass that while they communed together and they reasoned together, Jesus himself drew near and he went with them. You know, I'm tired of sinning, right? You think about this concept. Many times don't we do the same thing whether that's with someone else or whether we reason within ourselves as we're walking through life, as these two disciples are walking on the road to Emmaus, man, what's the point? Man, I'm just, 
and then you start downplaying yourself, don't you? Man, I'm just I'm just so frail. I'm so weak. I'm, I'm so I can't do this. And guess what? When you say those things, you're actually correct, but you have to continue to think about yourself in the right way. As as one lesson that I learned, just a quick side note before we keep going. One lesson that the Bible and life and God has continued to teach me and is continuing to teach me is that what Christ is trying to do because of his death, Luke chapter 23 and 24, because of his death, what he is trying to invoke within you, he's trying to invoke weakness. He wants you to understand the same things that you're already saying right now. Even as you're, even as you're thinking, listen to this podcast right now. He wants you to accept the fact that, yes, Jordan is weak. Yes, Jordan is not strong. Yes, Jordan is frail, but he doesn't want Jordan to use those things to tear Jordan down. He wants Jordan to understand those things so Jordan can run closer to Christ. See, we like to do the latter. We'll say the right things. Yes, I'm frail. Yes, I'm weak. Yes, I can't do this. Yes, I don't have the strength. That's a great mindset to have. But then you start to say, well, because I'm this, then that means I'm this. Those feelings that you feel when you sin, those feelings that you feel when it feels like you cannot overcome it, those feelings that you feel when you feel like I can't do this, those type of feelings, those things should lead you to go to Christ more. Remember, look, look at you got to we got to go here real quick. We got to go here real quick. Um Go to the book of Philippians. <coughs> Excuse me. Go to the book of Philippians. I want you guys to see this because this this is a great example here. Okay. Um, Philippians. Actually, no, we'll go there. We'll go there later. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12. That's where I want to go. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Um, verses nine through eleven. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 through 11. Now, remember, Paul at this point is in the same position we are at times. Now, Paul had a thorn in the flesh. We could, we could debate all day what that is, and essentially it doesn't really matter what that is, but we spend too much time thinking about what that could be. But the main vein and main context of this is that he had a thorn in the flesh, right? So now, Paul prays for that thorn in the flesh to be removed three times, right? So then notice what Christ says to him, verse 9. He said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. Think about that for a second. My grace, the grace of God, is enough for you. Wait, so does this mean that at this point when Jesus said my grace is sufficient, does this mean that at this point Paul is essentially sinlessly perfect now? My grace is sufficient. It's it's enough. It's filling. Meaning, every time that you fall, my grace is enough to get you back up. My grace is sufficient. Notice what he's what he continues to say. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect. Who's my in the context? My is Jesus. Who were the two disciples on the road to Emmaus? Who were they talking about? Jesus. My strength is made perfect in weakness. We have a misconception with this idea, and it's it's so easy, man, for all of us to fall, trade, 
we can fall prey to this lie. Our world has clinged to the idea of you showing your strength. And the world has pumped yourself up to tell yourself a lie that you're strong enough to be alone. You're strong enough to do this on your own. You're strong enough to do this. You're strong enough to do that. For for men and women, this isn't one-sided. But Jesus said, and here's the scary part, if we and that idea sadly has crept into the minds of our friends and to the minds of my friends and into the minds of the church. It's happened. It's a real thing. But isn't it isn't it a sad commentary to think if we believe that the way that we encourage one another is to be strong, we will never, even if it's good intention from Christian to Christian, we will never experience the strength of Christ by telling one another that you're so strong. I know it sounds good. Like I know when someone's going through something, oh, you're so strong through this. Oh, you're so strong through that. Oh, you were so strong to go through that. You were so strong to go through. Like, I get it. Like, it sounds amazing when you hear that. But I would rather somebody not tell me that, and I feel the strength of Christ. My strength is made perfect when you realize that you can't do this. So when you realize that you can't do this, you have one of two choices. We can either sink down into a lower hole because I realize I can't do it, or that's the point where we actually begin to feel the strength of God. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Christ throughout our lives, guys, what he's doing, and I really want you to get this, Christ is trying to cultivate weakness within you. But for some reason, you keep fighting yourself mentally saying, I should be strong. And then that's what we're telling you. That's what we're preaching. That's what we're encouraging. You should be strong in this moment. How come you can't overcome this? How come you can't get this right? How come you can't overcome this sin? Because Jesus said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Jesus also said in the book of John 13, 14, 15, without me, you can do nothing. So these things are teaching us, guys. It humbles you to the fact that I need somebody else outside of myself. And that's what Paul is that's what Paul is learning here. Paul's learning that. So then watch what now watch how Paul's mindset flips and changes now verse 10. Therefore, when Jesus told me that, now I take pleasure in infirmities. So now you could take so now when when Paul is sinning, is Paul saying, "Man, I'm so happy that I'm sinning right now." Oh, I'm so happy that I fell into sin. Oh, I'm so happy that I keep sinning. Is this is this the context of what Paul is talking about? No, it's not. He's saying, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessity, in persecution, in distress for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So what's Paul saying? So when I'm building with the Lord, when you're building with the Lord and when you fall, when you falter, when you're weak, 
when you're persecuted, when people say things, when companies taken away from you, when all these things are happening, Paul is saying, I take pleasure not in the fact that the action's happening. I'm taking pleasure in the fact that I know that Christ is going to give me that strength in that moment. That's what Paul is excited about. And that's what you and I can have strength about. But many times we've helped each other, unfortunately. And I I don't believe we do things. I don't believe the majority of people do things with bad intention. But I think we do things just for the sake of doing them and not understanding the repercussions of that. So I know it sounds amazing when someone says you're so strong, when you've gone through whatever you've gone through in your past. I know it sounds amazing to hear that. But notice what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, when I'm weak, then I am strong. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. So going back to Luke chapter 24, where are these disciples in what state are they right now? They're weak. The Bible says there in verse 15, they commune together and they reason with themselves. Notice what he what they said. And their eyes were closed so that they should know him. Verse 17, and he said unto them, talking about Jesus, what manner of communications is this that you guys are talking? That you walk with one another and you're so sad. <coughs> Here's what's crazy. So when, again, in good intention, when we tell people, oh, you're so strong, oh, you can overcome it, oh, you did it before so you could do it again, so then we have the mindset that we have the strength to overcome these things. But essentially, Jesus is walking with us. And if Jesus could say something today, what would he say? To me and you, he would say the same thing he said to these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Why are you both walking and why is your countenance so sad? Well, Lord, I just keep sinning. I just can't overcome this. I mean, I have three good months. I have six good months. I have a good year. I get all this stuff, and then I fall again. So then I start over. Then I have three good months, and I have a year, and then I mess up, and I start over again. Lord, I just can't do it. But everybody keeps telling me that I need to do it. Everybody keeps telling me I'm so strong. And at some point, guys, you get to the point where you get tired of hearing you're so strong. You get tired of that. And Jesus is saying, why are you walking so sad? Verse 18, and one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said, are you a stranger in Jerusalem? Do you not know the things that have happened the past few days? And he said, what things? And they said concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet. You notice they put Jesus in the past tense. Their hope had been so shot that they said, well, he was one. He was one. He's gone now. He was a prophet, mighty indeed, in word before God and all the people. And the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be crucified. But we trusted E.D. Past tense. He was a prophet. We trusted in him. But guess what? I fell. So now my trust is gone. Now things keep getting worse. You see what I mean? Now they're talking past tense. We trusted that it had been in which this was the one who could redeem Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since all these things have happened. 
And certain women of our company were astonished. And they went to the sepulcher, and they didn't find his body, verse 23. Verse 24, and certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it not, and went to the sepulcher, uh, even so as the women said, and they found him not. Then Jesus said unto them, verse 25, O fools and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ should have suffered these things to enter into his glory? And then he began at Moses and expounded all the way to himself. But Jesus, I just keep, things just keep getting worse. So what are these disciples thinking? Lord, it's been three days. He's not coming. Things are getting worse. What what could you be saying right now? I keep getting worse at this. I keep getting worse. Now, <clears throat> this is just a side little note. Again, this is not what I'm getting ready to say. This is not this is not Bible. This is just my own personal thought on this. I don't I don't like and the reason why I don't like it because I think it sets people up for failure. Now I get the concept behind it. I even get the, I even get the research behind it. Like I get that too because I've had I've taken time to look at the research of this. But I think the end goal is always detrimental. So when you talk about sin, like we talked about in our introduction, as you're building, you maybe you may have three good months in consecutive um, succession. But then you have three months that are terrible. So then in your mind, okay, I had three good, I had three bad. So because I had the three bad, I got to start over. Here's a mindset. When you deal with sin in terms of time frame and in terms of days, here's why that mindset to me is detrimental. Well, I had 10 good days. I had three good months. I had one good year. And then I fell again. So then in your mind, where in your mind do you start over? You start over as if you didn't do anything good. So that year that you did well, it's almost like to you that year doesn't matter. Why? Because I messed up. So because I messed up, there was no good that happened those 365 days that year. So, man, I got to start over. I got I to gotta start over on this tier system. I got to work this out again so I can get back to where I was. But in all reality, you're actually farther where you were because you actually put in 365 days of work. Yes, you failed, but does that mean that that 365 days of work doesn't matter? But essentially, in your mind, what do you believe? Ah, it doesn't matter. Now I got to start over. So now when we think, and then that mindset cultivates, I have to do this. So now... The ball is always in your court. But with Christ, notice what he's willing to take. Christ knows that we fail. Christ knows that we're not, we're not perfect. Christ knows that we will fall into temptation intentionally, and sometimes we'll do things out of ignorance. Paul did it. Paul did things out of ignorance. Paul did things intentionally. But Christ in his mercy and his love and his grace for us that sometimes we can't even explain because we as humans don't have that for each other in the way that he does. We can't fathom the fact that I keep failing in the mind of Christ. Christ couldn't accept me because when I fail for people, people left. 
When I failed for people, they weren't there. When people, when I failed for people, people looked at me different. So if I can't, if I can't picture Christ keeping me, why would I keep going? So then that's people's mindsets. And that's why I, that's just, again, like I said, that's just my personal opinion. I think the mindset of counting down days for anything, it's always detrimental for that reason. So notice what Jesus is saying here. The reason why is because they were just slow of heart to believe. The reason why you feel like and I feel like we have to be so strong is because essentially we're slow of heart to believe that Jesus can still love me even if I fail falling, even if I failed following him. I failed to believe that Jesus could still want me in his company when I didn't want him in my company. I, I'm slow of heart to believe that Jesus could want me back as if nothing happened. I'm slow of heart to believe that Jesus could love me so unconditionally that I could have I could have wanted nothing to do with him, but he still wants me as if I did everything for him. That doesn't make sense. A physical person has never done that for you, has never done that for me. So if, a, if people won't do that for me, why would Jesus being God do that for me? We're slow of heart to believe that there is a being out there that cares about you enough to want you when you fall. That's different. Don't be slow of heart to believe that Jesus does not want you. That's that's the point that Jesus was telling Paul in 2 Corinthians. Paul, my strength is enough. Don't be slow of heart to believe that. And the lie that Satan has taken my friends with in the church, the lie that Satan has taken you with, the lie that Satan has taken the world with, he doesn't want you like that. These Christians didn't want you. This Christian person didn't want you. These people didn't want you. They didn't want you. The world didn't want you. That church didn't want you. These people didn't want you. Why would Jesus? And they follow him. They, they say they follow him. So why would Jesus want you if they don't? See what I'm saying? So then we feel like it's on us. And then when we feel like it's on us, then we're on the road to falling. Don't ever, guys. Do not ever be slow of heart to believe that Jesus does not want you. Well, Lord, I, 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 I fell. I still want you here. And now, just real quick before we, before we finish this up, now here's where it becomes next level. Here's where it becomes next level. Jesus, the love that he had for us, for example, in terms of forgiveness in Luke chapter 17, Jesus said offenses are going to come. Offenses will happen. And Peter says, well, how often should I forgive my brother? Seven, seven times. Now, here's what's interesting about that. The Jewish rabbis at the time suggested three times. But Peter, I think trying to be a little smart here, he increased the number from the suggested three to a quote-unquote, perfect seven. So Peter's like, how many times? Seven? Then Jesus upped the ante on Peter. No, 70 times that. 
So the same attitude that Jesus has for me, why can't I have that for my brother when he asks forgiveness? Why can't I have that for my brother or sister that falls? Why can't I have that for my brethren? That's next level stuff. But again, the way that Jesus loves is not natural. So therefore, he's trying to pull us out out of the natural to the unnatural. It's natural when someone does you dirty, you do them dirty back. It's natural when someone has failed you, peace out. (laughs) It's natural when these things happen to look at people different. It's natural for us. But just because it's natural for us, does that mean it's right? So what Jesus is trying to teach us is if I could do that for Jordan Anthony, why can't Jordan Anthony do that for someone else? Why can't Paul do that for someone else? Why can't put your name, do that for someone else? You see what I'm saying? This, All this stuff, man, all this stuff is a mindset switch. All of it's a mindset switch. Now, here's the last thing I want to mention. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1. And then, and then this is yours to share with someone, to meditate it, on it, to think about things, to pray about things, and hopefully to um, encourage you in what we're talking about here. 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. Now, let's stop right there for a second. You know, the reason why, another big reason why we don't believe, well, I'm tired of sinning, so therefore, I can't just come to Christ. I have to be strong enough to overcome. You know, another reason why we have that mindset is because of this. When you fail somebody, right, whether that's in a relationship, whether that's whether that's uh, a brother, whether that's a coworker, whether that's a, a teammate, whatever it is, when you fail somebody today, generally speaking, right, this is general, when you fail somebody today, generally speaking, what happens? Hey, look, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I, I, I need to get better. Will you forgive? Now, guess what happens most times? Now it's lorded over you. Well, you know, I, I appreciate you coming to me, but you know, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. So I appreciate it, but it's going to take a while. So then how does the person who came in ultimate humility to you, how does that make that person feel? Why, why can't I receive forgiveness? So then when we come to God, we put our human attributes on God. So then we feel like, well, I'm not even going to come to God and confess my sin because what am I used to when when I've tried to do that with people? People want nothing to do with you. So then, therefore, I guess God must feel that way too. But look at how John words this. If we confess our sin, he is faithful. There's times, guys, when we confess sin because we're people and because we are, because we have a lot of things that we're fighting ourselves, sometimes, guys, unfortunately, when you confess sin, we're not faithful. 
Sometimes we hold grudges. Sometimes we lord it over you. Sometimes we have to make you literally work for our forgiveness. And that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But just because we're, we as people are unfaithful doesn't mean that God isn't. So, guys, that, that concept of I'm tired of sinning, guys, when you fall, and I don't care if you fall all the time, go to your father in humility, in your weakness, knowing that you're weak. Go to your father. Do not be slow of heart, sometimes as we as people are. Do not be unfaithful sometimes as we as people are. Go to your father in your weakness. Go to your father and confess your sin to him. And he is faithful, guys. He is faithful. And not only is he faithful to you, he is just to forgive. If anybody could have a list of stuff that I did wrong, it's Jesus. But guess what he's willing to do? He is faithful and just just to forgive. To forgive our sins. Notice what the text says. And not only that, he goes a step farther. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that ridiculous? ridiculously amazing. So the reason why that we're tired is because in our weakness, we try to get stronger. But in our weakness, that's not the, that's not the time for you to get stronger. It's not the time. In your weakness, that's the state every single time. In your weakness, that is the state where you run to God in humility. Because my strength, my grace is sufficient for you every single time. Lord, I've done this thousands of times. My grace is sufficient every single time. My strength is sufficient every single time. We literally can't wrap our minds around that. So because we can't wrap our minds around it, it can't be that easy. So what do we do? When we say something's too easy, we complicate it. We complicate it. And guess what Jesus himself said in Luke 24? Why are you so slow of heart in this concept? This is not a hard concept to get. Do not be slow of heart. Essentially believe what I said and what my father said I would do if you confess your sins before me. And believe in the fact that I said that my strength and my grace is sufficient for you every single time. Well, Lord, you don't understand. I've been doing this for years. A day is like a thousand years to me. So if you want to talk about time, a a thousand years is like a day, right? So if you want to talk about time, that's a whole different conversation. This is the creator of time. What do you think that means to me? What am I concerned about as God? I'm concerned about your heart. So will you run to God every single time that you're weak, guys? Or from this point on, are you still going to try to figure out how I can be strong in this situation? 
I hope that I hope that this has opened up your eyes and I hope that this has not only just encouraged you, but you can use this and share this with somebody else to encourage them to just be weak. Stop stop playing around like you're this dude. To stop playing around like you're that guy. Stop playing around like you're the girl. Stop playing around like that. Just understand who you are in the big scheme of things. Understand what God and how he views you. And in your weakness, that's where you become strong. I hope that I hope that this time, now you really want to experience the strength of Christ. It's different. It's different. And then not only will that transform you, but when you actually experience the strength and the forgiveness and the faithfulness and the justness, if that's a word, the justness of God, when you experience that as a person, you literally cannot help. When someone comes to you in humility, you cannot help but to give it back to them. Why? Because God gave it to me and I don't deserve it. It's different stuff, guys. I'm telling y'all, it's different. So I really hope that that can help you, man, and encourage you. Great request. Great request. Appreciate that. Love you guys very much. Um, again, check out all the stuff on the YouTube page. All that will be there. Um, I don't have video for this one, but I may post the audio just on the YouTube page um, and everywhere you can get the podcast too. So appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Again, if you have requests, reach out like you guys always do, and we'll try to get those requests in. So Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And hopefully we will see you next week. Thanks, guys.